If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Welcome to the Weekly Exchange. This week in Forex and Strategy Game News, we have updates on Endless Space 2, Planetfall, Star Control, and much, much more. Hey, Troy. Welcome to the show. Thanks, man. How are you? I'm doing okay. How about you? Um, had kind of a tough week, but mm-hmm. it's a weekend, and I'm glad to have a moment to relax and just talk about games for a bit. Nice. I know, I know what you mean. I know exactly what you're talking about. So why don't we just jump right into it, yeah? Awesome. What do we got okay. first? So the first game we're talking about is Starzeal 4X. Now, we've talked about it in the past, and we've had links, I think, to like Indiegogo or something like that. But the developer has made a website and there's an official first dev blog up. Now, there's not a lot of stuff in there, but we do get to see some of the graphics, some of the animations, and it's uh, it's pretty good. I, I know several games that are work in progress right now. I will not mention any of them by name, but this does not look worse than those games. <laughs> and these are games that have been worked on for a couple of years. So this oh, developer, he's, he's been... Uh, you know, he's been working on it. We've been in touch. I think most of this year he's been sending me stuff. And, you know, whenever he sends me something, he's like, hey, would you mind giving me a mention? It's like, why would I mind? Of course, it's an indie developer. Space 4X, I know what you're going to say, but you know what? If somebody wants to go and do it and if they if they do a good job, then by all means, go ahead, you know? And as a developer, every developer of every game and every genre these days has to really consider the cost of development, the time, the potential for success because of just oversaturation of games on Steam and our genre being as small as it is. So, you know, if the developer is willing to take a chance and, you know, stick their toe into the water, you know, then why not cover their games, right? Right, right. And then this guy, he's really, really nice. So I have no reason not to, you know. Being nice and, and, and being courteous and being timely and answering questions goes a long way to getting your stuff covered. So... Take, pay attention, developers. <laughs> awesome. Well, um, I'm going to have a couple oh, yes, yes. updates tonight. Hold on, hold on. Hold on oh. one second. I'm sorry. Let me, I, I went off track a little bit. So let me tell you oh, what. Oh, uh, yeah. Why don't you tell us about the yeah, game let's, for a little Let's bit. talk about the game, right. So it's a Space 4X. And so far, some of the animations are uh, like a ship explosion, one of the what one of the fleets looks like, ships jumping out of warp, which is really cool planet with structures on it and he's talking about in this this really short update he's talking about how he went from a initial 3d to a 2d um 
display of the planet because in, when he was doing 3D, it was just robbing resources. But by doing it like a more like a 2D perspective, it's it takes up a lot less resources, it slows the game down a lot less. And, uh, you know, that's good. He's talking about coding and how he's working on the AI. So I'm assuming in the future, he's really going to start putting these out there. And as long as he does that, we'll definitely be covering it. And I just I wanted to make sure that I got to actually say something about the game, you know. All right. Very cool. Well, like I was saying, I've got a couple updates this week from developers who are telling us about things that we won't ever get to play with. And the uh-huh. first company up to tell us things we'll never see in the game is Amplitude with Endless Space 2. And one of the things that they thought about when it came to their new faction for Endless Space 2 was mm-hmm. what to do with the new Umbral Choir faction. Right. And one vision or, or approach that they rejected was called the disguise approach. And this is basically where the Umbral Choir could masquerade as another one of the mm-hmm. factions in the game and uh-huh. uh, confuse things for diplomacy and uh, relations and things like that. So you could appear as another faction. Now, that I'm sounds trying to remember really back. cool. I'm trying to re- well, I'm trying to remember back. Wasn't there a faction in Master of Orion 1 that could do that? Um, yeah. The the, the ones that kind of look like phantoms or or wraiths yeah. or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let me give me and a they second. They had purple cloaks, didn't they? Yep. Yep. Darlocks? Darlocks, yep. Wasn't it the Darlocks that could do this? I think so. Yeah. Yes. If I'm remembering that right, so this this idea comes to you from 1993. Mm-hmm. And it is the one that they, they ended up rejecting. They didn't go with that one. The one they did go up with, uh, I think, is actually pretty cool. Which um, is? This is much more original, much more interesting. And this one, the Umbral Choir can keep growing while remaining within the confines of a particular system. So they have their home system, which is um, kind of hidden from mm-hmm. regular view. You can see it a little bit better on scan view. Uh-huh. But it's hidden from regular view. And within that, their home system, they'll be able to grow and grow and grow because they're meant to be a tall empire, not a wide empire, mm-hmm. tall empire. Mm-hmm. And they can do things like haunt other systems. So these would be uncolonized systems that they could get benefits from. And then they mm-hmm. can have traders, which are population units, I guess, or perhaps units. It's Tra- not quite trade Right, traitors versus traders. Yeah, right, right. Okay. Betrayers, people that Betrayer. have betrayed. So they can mm-hmm. infiltrate a system and siphon off uh, whatever the system has. So I imagine dust and resources and things like that. Mm-hmm. And that's really awesome. Now, <laughs> in this uh, update, they say, we'll give you another update about this in a few months, which tells me they're really early in the design for the Umbral Choir. You know, this was the uh, community mm-hmm. faction that was, you know, kind of voted on by the community. So yep. they didn't know exactly where they were going to go with it uh, mm-hmm. until that was over. So it's understandable. So anyway, I think their their second idea, or well, really it was their first idea, this hidden mm-hmm. approach where you can haunt s- systems or infiltrate them because they are the uh, espionage faction. Yes, it's basically going to bring espionage into the game. Right. Much better than the uh, faux Darlock Master of Orion approach here. So, uh, way to go, Amplitude. I'm really interested to see where that goes. I will almost certainly buy this DLC when it comes out. 
Because Absolutely. that sounds like it'll be fun to play. Most likely, you'll probably end up getting a copy regardless because you're going to help edit it. Well, that's true. So <laughs> I don't think that's a concern. But yeah, it's don't if ask I didn't, me any questions I would that I won't one. answer. Don't ask me questions that I cannot answer. So there you go. There's there's that carrot dangling in the air. Shadow carrot. Hidden carrot. All right. Well, then I'll ask you something you can't answer. What about Stellaris? Sure. Absolutely. So Stellaris, they just released the dev diary. And in case people were not keeping track, this is the 126th dev diary for Stellaris since uh, before release. So yeah, we've it's it's good. Um, it's uh, 126 is not making it anything special. It's just to show you how much information they've given us over the years. And even though this is probably one of their shorter dev diaries, to me this is. A fa- like a fantastic one, better than the last couple of ones that they were doing about the trade system, because I'm still not certain how that's going to work. I think they have an idea in place, but I don't think their idea, at least from what they've shown us, is significantly better than what they currently have. So the first thing, and probably one of the biggest reworks that they're doing is they're reworking the sector system. So the way the sector system works right now in Stellars is that you can have a, a certain amount of core planets, and that changes based on what species, based on you know what uh, different uh, characteristics you set up for them. You can research additional like technologies to increase your administrative efficiency. I mean, however it is explained within game, but you can basically research additional systems to additional tech that adds more core planets to your core. Those are basically the ones that who you have direct control over. But with the tile system, the way it works now, it is a lot of micromanagement, a lot, like like ludicrous amount of micromanagement. And as you progress into the game, you can have, without mods, without cheating, without doing anything, just by going through the game, you can have 10, 12. I think in one game I had like, 18 or 19 core planets. And at first, like in a lot of games, you're like, oh, I can totally control this many regions, no problem. But then, man, it's just, it, it gets so incredibly tedious. So anyway, so what sector systems are is you get to kind of cordon off part of your empire and assign it a task, and it's called the sector now. So you administer it, but you don't actually control anymore what goes on in there. And they have their own pool of resources. So... Let's say they're, uh, I don't know, they're they're mining something, you know, they're they're or they're like on research, not research, but it would be either mining from for the minerals you need to build your ships, or you know the, uh, uh, mon the money I for the life of me, I energy. can't remember what energy. There you go. Yeah, that they use to for the economy, but not energy like to power things. Energy is in that's the money. That's what it's called. So. Each each sector has its own goals. You can try to set it goals. You can give it like like almost like directives, like you have to do this. And you can assign different leaders to maybe improve it. Actually, can you assign leaders? You assign you assign them to planets, but I think you can only assign them. You know what? I don't remember. It's been a it's been a no, bit. It's since a little I, bit confusing, I think. Yeah, and it's constantly changing. So it, even if it was like that, a 2.0 by 2.1, it could have changed, and 2.12, it could have changed. So, anyways, the point is, the sectors will no longer exist because the planetary tiles are changing, the way the planets the development is changing. So they're changing sectors, and now you're going to be assigning heroes as governors, basically. Now I'm not sure exactly like if there's going to be a hard cap on how many 
systems a hero or a governor can administer? And I there was a question about whether there's going to be a lift because there was a hard cap. So they're lifting it. So you don't have a hard cap anymore. You can have unlimited heroes. But even that in itself is going to create all kinds of micromanagement. So we'll kind of have to see how it plays out. So that's one of the things. They're, they're, I'm, I'm 100% sure they're going to release multiple dev diaries explaining this in a lot of detail. But this is very interesting because I never liked the sector system. I tried playing with it. And it's just it never did. I, like if I manage the planets, if I manage the systems, I did I always did a much better job with what it produced versus the AI. The AI just was never even close to being able to optimize the way I can. But then, of course, as a result, I ended up having crazy micromanagement. So that's one. Another major thing is, again, is a change of how the different tiles work and how happiness works. They're, get, they're redoing the faction happiness. So within a game, you can have... Some like some species you can have games where they're xenophobes. There's like no factions and like you won't have any aliens in your system or anything else. But you can create different factions arise within your within your um, government and depending on what the leader is and things like that. So they create they're creating these systems to try and make it more personal, you know. So based on the choices you make, factions appear and you have to deal with happiness. Well, they're getting rid of that. So the happiness will not exist anymore. They're going to have now something called faction approval. And the way it works is, is that you have a, like a from one to 10. So if you're doing a 10% job, if you have 10% approval, you get plus one approval. Whereas if you're doing 100% approval, you're the most amazing leader they've ever seen, you get plus 10. So that's, that's how this works. Again, I'm sure in the future they're going to elaborate in great detail as to how this is. But it's it's interesting. I like how the sector this um I don't know, we'll see. I didn't really have too many issues with that, but I definitely had issues with sector. So the fact that sectors are being rid of that's that's a big big plus in my, you know, checklist. Right. Very cool. Well, we're moving on to Age of Wonders Planetfall and this has been a really good update this week for this game and it's all about unit module systems. So in Age of Wonders Planetfall when you build a unit, it comes with module slots, basically. And there are default modules that will be on the unit, but you can customize that later if you want. It, it kind of reminds me a little bit, Nate, of how in Endless Legend, you know, you could cust you, you only get a few units, right? Three or four units. But you three can customize you could we customize them with um the like different types of equipment. You know, as you research different strategic resources and that sort of thing. And then, you know, you might pick up like an orc unit or a demon unit or something like that from a neutral faction. And now you can customize them as well. And depending upon what equipment you gave your unit, you could either enhance their original powers like demons, for instance, or demons or whatever they were. Um, they had the ability to hit multiple units that were adjacent in a tile, multiple enemy units and adjacent in a tile. And you could give them equipment that would enhance that ability, make them do more damage, or you could change their equipment entirely where they would just attack the person right in front of them and it wouldn't do that kind of cascading damage there. So that's kind of how Age of Wonders Planetfall is going to work. You're going to have a lot of different modules that you can attach to units. And what this means is that, like, you know, if you get an early game unit by the late game, it's, it's obsolete. You, you don't want it. It's garbage anymore. Well, now it won't be. 
because you can customize it with these new modules. And like some of them are going to have up to three module slots. So you can really mix and match uh, depending on if you want offensive modules or defensive modules. You know, you can make some that are all about the offense and, you know, they do insane amounts of damage, but they're pretty fragile. Or you can do some defensive mods that really just like soak up or delay mm -hmm. the enemy. So that way you can maybe have ranged units hit them or you can flank around them, something like that. Mm -hmm. So this adds a lot of really fantastic customization to a terrestrial 4X game that I think has been more common in Space 4X, you know. Yeah, yeah. The Galsiv series, Endless Space 1 2, you could really change the lines around. Yeah, Stellaris. all that. I mean, that's kind of normal in space, right. but very rare for terrestrial. You know, right. in a Civ game, you get, you know, your tank, and that's what it is. You might be able to level, level it up some. Yeah, you and, give it, like, bonuses to movement or to attack or to defense, but you're not really modify that's that's based on the seniority which is based on the experience earned right. by this unit so it's interesting actually because this system is an upgrade over what existed in, in age of wonders 3 in age of wonders 3 you had different tiered units so like a tier one unit could become more powerful but only through experience and you know, it was still technically just a stronger tier one unit. But like in the late game, your tier one units would be wiped out by like tier four units or like the super units, you know, mm -hmm. depending on which of the different classes you're playing and whatever units and whichever free cities you captured. So one of the things I love to do is capture the dragon cities because then you can just make all these dragons and they just wipe the map of everything. Right. So here by them doing this customization that exists in Endless Legend, they are making it, interestingly enough, more like XCOM, where you can upgrade your individual operators with different weapons, different loadouts and things like that for different purposes. So if you can do that here, it makes it a lot more tactical. So yeah, I'm, I was very, when I saw this dev diary and I was reading it, I was like, yes, yes, very excited. Oh, it, it's going to add so much to the game. It's kind of like a mini game within a game where you're yep. playing with all these different modules and seeing which is most efficient or best. Yep. You know, yep. each faction is going to get its own unique modules, and then there's rare modules you can find in the game. Kind of like, yep. you know, Endless Legend again. Yep. You might do a quest, and you get some kind of like laser beam crossbow thing or something like that, and you can put it on your units or a special shield. Right. Um, that doesn't you know, go on the units. It actually goes on the heroes. On the heroes. Yeah. So but then the I think you can build more of them, right? Can't you, once yeah, you get an artifact, you can build more of them? Yeah, it's, it's almost like you get a standard template construct, you know? Yeah. And once you get it, then you can build it. But I in Endless Legend... Oh, that's going to be here, too. That's actually going right, to be right, something right, right. in Planfall. That's one of the reasons why you want to do quests and explore unique places, because you might find those. So that's actually a Warhammer thing. This is a Warhammer 40K mechanic. So, yeah, like, seriously, um, Triumph is took what works, at least from what we see so far. They took the best parts of the finished version of Age of Wonders 3, and they looked at what parts they want to improve on and they looked at what games around are doing a good job and then they said okay we can do this and improve a little bit we can do that and improve a lot we can do this and that and they're going to make a fantastic game and you know what i, I well, will see here's the thing mm -hmm. I, I, uh, one brief word of caution um when i see these like all this module stuff and uh all the different weapon types and things like that mm -hmm. uh 
my concern is oh oh in like all the the really tactical stuff for combat mm-hmm. um my concern is micromanagement like this game mm. is starting to look pretty heavy on the micromanagement aspect of it and like that that's starting to to worry me a, a little bit mm. not me uh, not me well look I'm, ju- I'm just saying like they they need to make this something that's easy to manage and quick to use because otherwise uh, you're going to spend a lot of time stuck in a battle or a lot of time fiddling with your loadouts. Uh, so, I I mean, I don't know. It, well, it's, we'll have it's, to see where it goes from here, but that's my concern. We will. And here's the thing. What made Age of Wonders 3 stand out from a lot of the other 4X games was the combat is the combat you know what i mean yeah but now so, we're adding stuff to that and we're making yes. the combat even yes because and, and i'll tell you why because right now the huge thing it's it's massive is that tactical combat is just blowing up because of like it's almost like XCOM kicked open a door there were other tactical games before and there are other tactical games afterwards but the reboot and XCOM 2 kind of kicked open the door and look at how many tactical games are coming and look how well they're doing. So this, I think, within the 4X sphere is going to be that game. Now, do you have to spend all this time doing this? No, you don't. Uh, you don't know that. You might have to. I, no, uh, just you don't. To win. You don't. Mm-hmm. You don't. We'll because see. I, I doubt I'll, it. I'll, Especially I'll on you. the higher difficulties. I bet you got to be well, real okay. careful with your mod loadout. On the higher difficulties, that can be said for any game. On yeah. when you're which playing, which is why uh, micromanagement could be a problem. Well, okay, let's let's see let's see which one of us is right. How about that? That sounds good. Instead of arguing about something that neither one of us <laughs> has seen or played, where we're sitting here and like you know waxing poetic about what if situations, we'll wait until we know more, and then I'm sure when uh, Triumph, when the people there hear us, they, we talk to them all the time, they'll comment, they'll tell us, okay, yeah, you guys got a point, or no, no, trust us, it's going to be completely different, you know? If this was a studio that did not have solid work behind them telling us, trust us, it's going to be different, we're going to be like, eh, sure, okay, but this is a studio whose product we've seen. You know, it's it would be the equivalent of Amplitude, us complaining about some artwork or music or lore from Amplitude and them telling us, trust us, it'll make sense. And us going, ah, eh, we don't know. You guys are not trustworthy. You don't, your art is no good. <laughs> right. Your lore is weak. Your, your music unique. is the worst. <laughs> you know, now if they tell us, oh man, we fix combat is the best ever, then we're going to be like, uh... <laughs> First we'll see it, then we'll agree, then we'll tell you what you think. But when they tell us stuff about, they tell us stuff like all oh, graphics or or appearance things. Because you know, not to take away anything from Triumph, but if you compare the two games side side, they're both beautiful games. But the Amplitudes games are just a step higher with that. But if we're talking combat, straight up combat, Amplitude doesn't. You know, it's it's at the level of uh, shoelaces to what Triumph does, you know? It's just, that's how it is, and there's nothing wrong with it. You know, not every game is going to have everything for everybody. All right, well, uh, let's move on to the next game. What can you tell me about Gladius? Ah, uh, speaking of combat, so they have, they have an open beta right now for the next update, which is going to be 1.0.10, and what this is going to have is it's they're reworking the AI. Now, I don't know. If this is Ale's work on this AI, 
if this is his work starting to show through because I know he's helping them with it or if it's still their internal people working on it before he, you know, sticks his hands on it and starts to make something different out of it. So I'm not sure yet. I'll ask him. It didn't occur to me to ask him before. I should have asked. But so they're reworking the AI. They're also uh, doing all kinds of world builder stuff to make the, you know, the planet different from playthrough to playthrough and to make the different regions kind of stand out. So if you play Gladius... You have regions, like they have names and everything like that and, you know, different characteristics, but they kind of, you know, meld, blend, meld into one another, blend into one another. They're not distinct. Whereas if you take something like going back to Endless Legend from region to region, it's different, you know, but what's, what happens there is that you don't have a desert right next to an Arctic region. There's a progression, you know, and in, in Gladius, not so much that I've seen in my games. And I think they're fixing that. So they're fixing it for when you set it up. They're fixing it for how it generates. A lot of the AI fixes uh, are logic fixes. Like, you know, well, if you can't pursue this tech, why would you keep researching? Why would you keep building structures to increase your research if you've already maxed it out? You're just wasting resources, you know, and things like that. And how it, um, you know, how it behaves in combat, how it behaves out of combat, and and they're fixing some bugs with it. So basically... You know, just just uh, quality of life stuff. But in a tweet, I think it was a tweet earlier this week that I saw. They either in a tweet or in our thread or in somewhere I read that they're starting to talk about the future content for the game. That they're about to start revealing like what the next faction or factions are going to be. So I'm really excited. I'm very very much enamored with Gladius. I mean. A, I, there's no hiding it. I'm a huge fan of the Warhammer franchises, of the Warhammer um, trademark or whatever. W- what is it? Warhammer um, license? There you go. That's better, right? Yeah. So I'm very, I'm, I've been a huge fan for a long time, probably longer than some of our listeners have been alive. So I've never hidden it. <laughs> and I've, I've got to play Gladius, and I'm... Um, I'm not the one writing the review. The person writing the review, it's, yes, I know people are going to be like, oh, where's the review? It's coming. It'll be excellent. It is a promise I make. I will stand by it when it comes out, and it will be coming out hopefully sooner in the next couple of weeks. It's going to be phenomenal. And I've been playing it, so I have enough hours to be able to contribute to it to make sure that, you know, if there's anything that's not there it will be there so it'll be it'll be a good review but my big thing with gladius is i really enjoy how they did combat and they don't they're not doing stacks and they're not doing you know armies it's it's a one unit per tile but it's a one unit per tile system that makes sense and if the civilization franchise had this system i think it would be that much better but it won't happen so you know we have this and I, now I'm like, I don't know which ne- which is the next faction they're going to introduce, but I'm like, I, at this point, I don't even care. I'm just excited to see what comes next, you know? So, yes, so I'm very excited for this bit of news. We haven't heard much from them in a while, you know, and now that they're telling us that there's more stuff coming, I'm excited. I'm hyped. And hang in there. Review's coming very soon. All right. Well, very cool. Next, we're going to get to part two of things we'll never get to play with in games. And uh-huh. Stardock gave us another one of their preludes or dev diaries for Star mm-hmm. Control. Mm-hmm. And in this one, there's about 20 different pictures of maybe 30 or 40 different creatures that didn't make it into the game. In the early part of Star Control's development, 
the idea was people would spend a lot more time on planets exploring and fighting and all that sort of thing. So they made up a bunch of creatures and uh, got some of the artwork pretty far along, but then the focus of the game shifted. And it was determined that players probably won't spend as much time on planets, so they don't need all these different kinds of monsters. So we got a huge dev diary with tons of pictures with very interesting looking monsters that we'll never get to play with or see in game. So there's that. But also in the news is Star Control launched last week and it did very well. And in a different type of pose, they call it a pre-mortem, uh, Brad Wardell talked about how this game is what he would consider Stardog's first AAA game in his 25 year history. And it talked about the budget for this game, which is pretty substantial, I think, and how the engine for the game was developed along the last several years and kind of first really tried out with, um, oh, what is their big real-time RPG? Um, oh, oh, my God. I'm looking at the picture right here. Ashes of the Singularity. Singularity yeah, is. I was like, Sins of a Solar Empire. No, that's no, not. No, no, no. That's, that, that's a different one. But yeah, Ashes. it's... Uh, I think it's Nitrous, right? Right. And anyway, um, no, no. Oxide. Oxide. Sorry, Nitrous Oxide. I mean, I... Yeah, it's an easy thing to do. Anyhow, uh, they talked about how this is like a fourth generation engine for building games and how it organizes itself on, um, you know, the different cores of uh, a CPU and all this stuff. And how, you know, Ashes of the Singularity is still used by people two years after launch to test their rigs and their graphics cards and processors and all this stuff. And he talks, okay, so there's that. Star Control is now a more refined version of that engine here two years later. And so Brad is very excited about the quality of the game, the stability of the game, um, how well it's going to run on computers. Uh, I guess you call that optimization. Um, and, you know, they hired new people from uh, big companies like Veraxis, uh, for, for instance, to or, or Microsoft even, to help them um, prepare the game for a broader audience. And this is one of the things I found interesting, is they have estimates for market size of different gamers. So, for instance... Brad says the 4X strategy markets about 2 million players, which is about how many people own Stellaris. It's probably larger for like a Civ game, okay? Um, well, because that has broad market appeal and has broad a lot market of crossover. Appeal. You know? 2 million is what he estimates the 4X market as, and so that's where Stellaris is, which is second right after like the Civ games. So there's that. Uh, space real-time strategy, he estimates around 11 million players. And then space action adventure market, he estimates at 60 million. So when you're developing a game for a broad audience like that, it has to be really good quality. Otherwise, you're just going to get trashed because you've got so many people who are going to be interested. And uh, nowadays, people don't have a problem voicing their opinion if they don't like something. So anyway, Star Control has been selling very well. It's got something like a 77% positive on Steam at the time of this recording, uh, which is not too bad given that this is Stardock's first role-playing slash action-adventure game that they've ever produced. So uh, anyway, uh, if you've got this game, um, tell us in the comments how you've been enjoying it. I've, I've heard a lot of positive things so far. Um, before I add my comments on this, I have to 
apologize profusely. Um, I think about half of the show is going to have some reverb in the background, and that is completely my fault. I forgot to disconnect my external speakers. So I was listening. I'm like, man, we're sounding so good today. Turns out it's because I was listening to my really good external speakers versus a headset. And I was just looking at it. And I'm like, man, why does it sound like Troy's in the same room as me? So I apologize. That's on me. If it if sounds the, good now. It sounds okay. Good now. So I switched to a headset, so there's no reverb. Again, I'm as rookie mistake. I'm so sorry. So so sorry. Forgive me. I will be more careful next time. But okay. So yeah, I don't know about the 2 million figure. I think it might be higher than that. I think the 2 million figure is for like active players, you know, whereas the potential market might be a little bit higher and there's always a, a bunch of fence sitters. But based on his his analysis, I, I'm pretty sure he's spot on. He's got people that track this stuff professionally. Yeah. So I'm not. And, and they're, they're the majority of the business that Stardock does is commercial business. So they, their gaming division is really small compared to their other products. I think, I think it's enterprise is what it is, enterprise right. software. So they have to be able to gauge the market. So he knows what he's talking about. But yeah, that's definitely very interesting. And um, I, I'm just I'm looking at my friends list, and each time I look, I see more people buying it. I'm talking about Steam. So I got like I don't know like 200 something people there that I interact with on with some regularity but it does not have the same type of um i don't know adoption rate i guess as some of the 4x titles well so some it's o- probably appealing to a different right group but, that maybe you don't interact with as much so right right it's but what hard I'm, to say we we can tell that from steam that you know it's selling all right oh it, no 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 doubt right. no doubt it's just i think that the um, Hardcore 4X players, a lot of people on my friends list are the hardcore 4X players, and they're not buying it. You know, not like they're well, not. It's not really meant for them. So, right. So, but it's still interesting. It's interesting to watch. And like, I'm looking to see what their feedback is on it. And I've yet to see anybody come back and say, it's horrible. I hate it. A lot of people are saying, wow, it reminds me so much of the Star Control games. I, you know, it pulls me right back to those days. Oh, so much fun. You know, so that, you know, ultimately that's what games are supposed to be. At least that's how I look at it. If I have a game that I'm not enjoying, that I feel like I'm working, to, to I have to work to play the game, I won't play it. That's why I don't play certain games, because of that. And and speaking of which... Yeah, speaking um, of games uh, people listening to this podcast may not be interested in, why don't you explain how Bard's Tale 4 got on our list? I'm a huge fan. It got oh, okay. on our list. The end. <laughs> this is one of the... Fir- so, as anybody that listens to this podcast knows, I'm not a huge lover of first-person shooters or first-person perspective or anything of that nature. I just, I, I don't like it. It doesn't do anything for me. That wasn't always the case. Back in the day, there used to be one game that I followed religiously and really enjoyed, and that was The Bard's Tale. There were three games that came out back in the day. There was a weird console something that was like a, almost like like a cross between a Diablo-esque yeah, game I played and it. it was okay. It was fun. It had the humor. It was all right. It was just, you know, I it played it. Okay. I enjoyed it for a couple hours. I don't know. I played it for seven hours, 10 hours. I enjoyed it and I put it down, never touched it again. But these games from back in the day, 
Oh, they're amazing. So the studio in exile is actually made up of several people, like the original producer of the Bard's Tale and a bunch of people that worked on the original games. So he got them all together. They got kickstarted. They put out the game. And that's how we're covering it because I know that there's people in our community buying it because, again, I look on my friends list and I see people are buying it. So I just, you know, I wanted to throw a little bit of attention towards this game because it's if you're into first person, this is an RPG. This is a this is has a lot of very good humor and some weird voice acting <laughs> in some spots, but also good voice acting in other spots. And, you know, so it's, you know, it could be something interesting for somebody. It's it's been a light 4x week and Gamescon is uh, was or maybe still is going on in uh, and not Nate Gamescon. Doesn't what am want I saying? Me to get to bed early, so he's gonna just add whatever to the list. No, no, no. It's not it's not Gamescon. It's EGX. <laughs> EGX is in Birmingham, England. Gamescon was a couple of weeks ago, but uh, EGX is going. Hey, our friends from Muha Studios are displaying their game and also our friends are show- our other friends are showing empires and runes over there so once there's more stuff we'll cover it in the future but yeah okay so this week we have um, an interesting game for our what is section or bit and it's called final theory and this is a it's not a tactics it is but it isn't it's not like an XCOM type game this is ship combat set in space this is between battleships and they're supporting fleets and it's it's not an expensive game it's a 15 dollars game it looks pretty solid i've been following it a little bit but didn't really you know didn't really have an opinion on it too much and then um it came out and then i started seeing more people talking about it and i saw like on twitter so i clicked and followed a little bit more and i'm like okay this looks really cool so it's ship combat it's uh, it's got a cool video it's got a cool premise it's not you know it's not a 4x game you don't the, the micromanagement here is with the ships themselves it's not you know you don't have to conquer and build up systems this is it kind of skips to that point it's just like gets to the nitty-gritty of let's fight you know and it's pretty cool i like it I might even buy it, but unfortunately, I have so many things on my plate right now. It might be like you know six months or a year before I play it, so I just might wait a little bit. But maybe you're looking for something like that. So, dear listener, give this game a look. Now, another game that I just basically found out about, I think it was today, which is we're recording on a Saturday night and in the morning, somebody who I follow on Twitter retweeted something that was written about this game. And I'm like, that's a strange name. Ram pressure, and that's basically that's uh, basically when you have like um, on Earth, it would be a vehicle. So it could be a like like a vehicle that's going super fast, like a car, or maybe a, a, a fighter jet, or something trying like some kind of a, a space like a shuttle, or you know trying to exit into space. So this is the pressure is the shock wave basically created as this vehicle is moving through some kind of a you know oxygen or whatnot anyways so you look at that and you're like okay that's that's an interesting name and then you click on the video and you're like whoa this is really cool so what i don't know troy do i spoil the video or do i let people no, click no on no, it? no 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 because that. it is a cool video isn't it yeah don't no so all i will tell you about this game is this is a squad tactics game it has both a multiplayer and a single player component it is right now in the process of getting its funding but it's doing it looks like it's doing its funding through its website so it might not be doing you know 
Kickstarter or, you know, Indiegogo or any of those things. But um, they're saying that early access will begin at some point in 29, in like in quarter one of 2019. So anywhere between, I guess, January through March. And I will not spoil it for you because trust me, click on the link. Click if all I will say is it's a squad tactics game and it is it is cool. Click on the link. Click on the play button and just enjoy two minutes and two seconds of like, okay, now you're interested. Now, if you hate squad tactics game, maybe this won't be the game that gets you to switch over. But if you're even slightly interested, give it a click. You will not regret it. And if you do, let me know in the notes how much you regret it. So I'll be sure to expose you to more squad tactics games to change your mind. (laughs) (laughs) Because you know me, I don't give up with that stuff. All right, let's, uh, let's talk about Valve for a little bit. I heard okay. there's something going on with Steam. Right. So <laughs> this whole summer, I think there were quite a lot of rants by me, by you about, oh, Valve is doing this. I can't believe it's doing that. Why are you messing up? This is one of those that's actually not so bad. And you might need to read the linked article once or twice or three times for it to fully click in. But Valve is going to be taking a more proactive role in moderation. And there, and now, sure, Personally, I wish they took a more proactive role in curation and cleaning up the marketplace. But you know what? If they're going after moderation and if they're going to be more involved in that, then maybe that's the next step. So, you know, here's crossing fingers that Valve does something there. But anyways, back to this. So Kotaku is discussing this new development on Valve that Valve is going to start having people moderating forum posts that are flagged as being abusive or anything like that. But now they're not just going to randomly do it because somebody said, oh, this is bad. So just some rando at Valve is going to go in and say, oh, yeah, this is bad and get rid of you. They already kind of do that. This is going to be based on developers in their Steam forums. So in their official Steam forums to their games that are linked to their games to the community, Valve is going to be more proactive there because what a lot of times what happens is that the moderators that are used are sometimes they're employees of the company sometimes they're volunteers from the community that are given moderator rights but and there's all kinds of drama that happens with this when like you know oh this guy is horrible or this this chick or i don't know this weird name they're so mean if you if you just type this thing you get banned well it's not fair well valve's going to get more involved in that to make it more fair because valve said so so we'll see how that turns out now i hope that they stick to things like official forums for games versus going into our forums to moderate because i think we've been doing a pretty good job for the past four years and handling our own problems and, and our community is really good, so we don't have too many problems to handle. Every now and, and then we got one. Yeah, but we talk, part, to, we talk to you know we we talk to them directly. We try to like keep it you know try like hey what's going on why is this why is that and then we tell them look you know this is how we like our forums to be. If you cannot deal with this, you're welcome to leave. Nobody forces you to be here. Yeah, you want our, our community has been awesome o- yeah. over the last four years. It's been fantastic. But there's a lot of toxic communities associated with games, like in the forms of games. So that's what I think that they're addressing here. And you know what? You know, I want to see how this turns out. I applaud them for taking this, for trying something. Again, I wish they would jump at the curation. That needs a lot more attention. But so you got to start somewhere, right? Yeah, yeah. This reminds me of uh, Amplitude telling us about great combat that's coming. Um, Yeah, we'll wait and see. 
<laughs> right, exactly. No, All Amplitude right, well, didn't tell us Great Combat is coming. That was just an example. <laughs> no, I used. no, that, I that's a perfect example. It's <laughs> a perfect example. <laughs> except, uh, anyway, except they anyway. never said such thing. I just want to be clear. No, no, we're no. we're making that up. That's a hypothetical. It's a hypothetical. hypothetical for an example. So, yeah. okay, all right. All right, so uh, speaking of people who probably don't know what they're doing, the European Union is going after tech companies again. And this mm -hmm. time, uh, tech companies could be fined up to 4% of their global annual revenue if mm -hmm. they fail to take down uh, content posted Deem by terrorists. Right. And in some cases, like they can get an infraction for not taking it down like w within an hour of it first being posted. So... Again, you know, Facebook, Twitter, Google, um, Twitch, I guess, which is owned by Amazon, are all big enough that uh, they can probably do that. It's just anything that's mid-tier or smaller going to have trouble again. Mm. So, I mean... But what's well, a terrorist? Well, no, I mean, most governments have, like, a, a terrorist list. I, the, I, I know the United States does, and I'm sure European Union has a list that's pretty close to identical to the U.S. government terror list. So there are official terrorists. Now, it gets a little bit tougher when if they go, if it's posted by somebody not affiliated with one of those terrorist yeah, groups. Yeah, exactly, like, exactly. Could someone posting an offensive symbol be considered a terrorist or something like that? So we'll we'll see how that goes. But there are official terrorist lists. And as long as the regulations stick to that, again, hmm. it just makes it – by putting, like, restrictions on there, you have to get it down within an hour. Uh, that's going to make it tougher for smaller social gotta, media companies to take mm -hmm, off. But, mm -hmm. I mean – I got a better whatever. one for you. Yeah. I got a better one for you. Nope. So say okay. some terrorist organization. That's uh, that's a known terrorist organization, right? Not a anti-government movement that's local that a particular government considers terrorists. You know. Right. So maybe some countries like, oh, these guys. Well, they're not. They're not nationalists. They're not this. But like, take Spain, like with the Basque movement and everything like that over there, right? Mm-hmm. So. The Spanish government considers them terrorists, but maybe the rest of the European doesn't necessarily consider them terrorists, or or the IRA or something like that. You know that that their pol their political I don't even know how to say it, but like their credo changes over time. You start out as one thing and you become something else. But okay, that's not what I'm getting at. Let's say they post something somewhere, and some news organization puts it on social media on tonight's news at nine o'clock we're going to talk about this manifesto published by them does is that them retweeting that as a result now become a terrorist threat they could In, force the media company to take it down too yeah so you see so that's so then you're moving away from attacking sources of terrorism to basically silencing and censoring somebody so today or yesterday was terrorism tomorrow well uh, if you don't believe in our political agenda, you're a terrorist. So you cannot be heard online. And if any yeah, company I, posts you, I agree with you that that's that's and, a danger. But I don't think that as it's currently written, this this is going to do that. But that is definitely a danger. But it's kind of happening right now in the U.S. It it is with what's his name of, with that crazy dude. Um, um, well, we got our share, buddy. There's a lot of crazy dudes. Yeah, well, there's one in particular who everybody's disowning right now. Alex Jones. It's happening oh, with him right him. now. Yeah. 
and yeah. like yeah, well, all, all but of a sudden, that's not a government. That's that's companies making the decision. The government didn't force them to do that, right? Different. But but that's an example of something like that where it just takes like yes, here's private or so-called private companies doing it. But the point is, is that there's a political movement behind it to silence this guy. Now, I certainly don't agree with him. And I think he's a loony <laughs> yeah. by all means, like, like probably 99% of the stuff that comes out of his mouth is like, whoa, whoa, hold on. I, I need to bring over, I need to get into my, um, put on my tinfoil hat with my tinfoil outfit and get into a special chamber so nobody can read yeah. my presence, you know, and like, you know, but the point is, is like, if if something like that starts happening in the EU because the governments decide that, you know, like maybe like Brexit, maybe, you know, the EU doesn't want to admit that England has a point or doesn't have a point or whatever. And they're like, everything coming out of England now is terrorism. So we must silence them. That's a bit extreme. But yeah, I, I, always... I agree with you. There is a danger that these laws could be abused in the future. In this particular incident, I don't. I, I don't, I don't we'll, feel we'll this have is to very see. threatening. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely have to see. Have to see. Um, it's, it's like that better combat system we're talking about. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly, right. Uh, we'll uh, have to see. The the Yeah, the European Parliament has not shown itself to be friends of the little guy, yeah. so I'm always suspicious of what they do. And the guys of, of helping the little guy, they're, they're not helping the little guy in as many ways as possible. Well, let's talk so. about games we're playing this week. What about you? Why don't you start? Okay, I'll start. Um, naturally, World of Tanks Blitz. Although right. I haven't had, I don't, I haven't put nearly as much time in that as normally do. I'm pretty busy <laughs> right now. But I've also played uh, Space Tyrant. And? Got a copy of uh, Space Tyrant, and I mm -hmm. think it's great. I think it is an awesome game. Mm -hmm. um, you know what? Why don't you let me write the review for this? I know you put that on your own list. Mm -hmm. Why don't you let me do that? Because I'm really enjoying this game. I think it's oh, yeah? a lot of fun. Yeah. I played. Uh, it's got a campaign, which is really the main part of the game. Mm -hmm. And so far, I've played two missions in it and mm -hmm. really enjoyed it. I've played two skirmishes and gotten mm -hmm. crushed. Played through <laughs> the tutorial, which is pretty decent. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, I'm loving this game so far. I think it's great. Okay. Well, if you want to write it, I will not say no. If you can take something off of my plate, by all means, please do. Now, I just wanted to throw out a quick shout out to our patrons because your support is what got Troy this key. So the original writer for this had to bow out for various reasons, and I'm not going to turn around and ask a developer, hey, man, uh, something happened, so can you... Can you do that? Not like not like that. I have other ways of asking, but this was this was totally on us. So uh, Patreon, our patrons essentially supported us in this regard. And uh, and so again, thank you. And uh, anything else? No, that's it. What have you played? Okay, so I actually <laughs> took on a different game that somebody else was going to write, but that person too bowed out. So I'm writing the review for Aggressors Ancient Rome. So I started putting time into it, and I did ask for a key, and I did get it. So thank you very much to our contact at Slytherin. You guys rock. You guys have been killing it. You're putting out some amazing games. By the way, in case you guys didn't know, um, Gladius is being published by Slytherin and now this. So they have two really solid 4X games. So let me tell you a little bit about Aggressors. Now, since I'm writing the review, I'm not going to give away too much of it. And I'm still early days for me. I got quite a bit of time that I need to sink into it. But... Usually when I play a 4X game, I try to play a game like, oh, there's a tutorial. Ah, who needs a tutorial? I know better. 
I'm going to play this without a tutorial. Well, let me tell you, no, I'm going to have to, I've been playing without the tutorial and I'm getting stomped and I'm like, what, what, what's happening here? Why, why? And it's like, like, it looks like a super simple game. Like, oh man, this thing needs to be on mobile. Look at it. It's so simple. But in reality, it's got a lot of depth to it. A lot. And I'm impressed. I'm really impressed. So I'm, I'm going to be starting my campaign over with a tutorial just so I can actually learn why it is that I'm losing so badly. And it's, yeah, so it's different. That's not, what do I compare it to? Well, you know what? I don't even want to say that. I'll save that for my review. But there is a certain nostalgia to it that makes mm-hmm. me think of earlier Civ games. Right. And in a good way. Like, it captures a lot of the magic that the early Civ games had that the newer Civ games don't have. So that's something to consider. Now, I'm going to be sinking the majority of my spare time into this in the next couple of weeks. So I'm hope maybe if I get lucky and, you know, I get a break here and there, I might be able to knock out a review within, I don't know, within a month, hopefully. Because, unfortunately, I work full time. and uh, <laughs> yeah. or, or fortunately, or whatever you want to call it. Well, I so, agree with you that the game reminds is, is very reminiscent of the early Civ games. Um, I enjoyed it when I was playing it, so um, mm-hmm. I'm I'm glad you're liking it too. Uh, is there anything Absolutely. you want to say before we close this one up? Yeah. So um, yes. So the review for Oriental Empires is up that I was talking about. By the time you hear this, or shortly after you hear this, probably the Audible extension. For that, for the Oriental Empires review will also be up. So in case you felt like I didn't go into enough details in the review, come listen to the Audible extension because there's a lot of interesting conversation going on in there. One. Two, by the time you hear this, my second review is going to be up and that's going to be, well, review, re-examination, some weird hybrid of the two. It's going to be for Endless Legend Inferno. So give that a read. I really enjoyed writing it. It's It's shorter. It's not... There's not, there wasn't as much to talk about, but I definitely try to cover as much as I could. So if you feel that I left something out, please ask me in the comments or maybe bump up our thread in the Steam forums and I'll gladly answer there or hit me up on Twitter or whatever, you know, find me somewhere and I'll gladly answer your questions. So that's it. And then again, a huge thank you to our patrons for supporting us. And as a quick update, I had spoken to you guys. I had told you that we're going to be getting Troy a new chair. So Troy had submitted some candidates and we're working. There's, there's, it's, comp- it's a very complicated process because it's in a house <laughs> and there's spouses involved and that, there's aesthetic yep. and there has to be color coordination. And it's, it's not like, oh, psh, just get that chair from, you know, grab that chair from the deck and use it. Oh, no, no, no. There's, there's complications here. So, but very soon, Hopefully, with maybe even by the next time you hear this, Troy will have a new chair. By the next time that the you know we post the next piece, so maybe in a, like a week in a in a week, Troy will have his new chair and he can report on whether it's good or bad or whether it meets the requirements of uh, you know the aesthetic requirements necessary to fit in the house to keep peace in the home. Yes. That's right, because Troy wants. See, what you guys don't realize is Troy wants a chair with racing flames on it <laughs> that vibrates, that has like a spot where you can put goggles on, that has you know like controllers. So he's like a jet pilot with fans blowing on him. I mean, when Troy plays World of Tank Blitz, he wants to feel well. Maybe in that case, heaters on him. So he's like 
because you know in a tank well maybe you don't know but in tanks it's it's not very cool inside of a tank so maybe you know some kind of rumble pack on the chair i mean troy really goes out of his way when he does that so his chair kind of does all of that right now because it's falling apart so he kind of has like that world war one tank experience but you know he wants a more advanced warfare type of stuff so you know we got to get all that squared away but again thanks to our patrons for supporting us you're all rock we really appreciate it thank you for the people that listen to us thank you for the people that watch our videos and just as a quick aside um a week ago mark aka army p did uh, an impressions video on phoenix point which is getting a decent amount of views so if you haven't seen it go take a look it's a fun video <laughs> he does something very funny in there that the moment i saw it i actually spit out my drink and i'm lucky that i wasn't close to the tv when it happened or it would have been covered with my coffee so <laughs> anyways um that's it i think i'm done all right well we'd like to thank everybody for being with us we really appreciated having you this has been troy and nate for explorminate take care everyone see ya <laughs>